0: Welcome back to Claim the Stage. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women currently meeting online. You can find a club for you at speakersisterhood.com. And today's episode, we're talking about building a speech framework, and this is super helpful if you either volunteer to give a speech or you're told you have to give a speech and then you sit down to write it and you stare at your computer for six hours or you sit down to write it and then decide you actually really need to go do laundry or (laughs) you sit down to write it and after you're writing your outline, you've actually written a six-hour speech for your 10-minute slot. Um, This is a really helpful framework to help you boil down what goes into the speech and simplify the process for yourself and for your audience. And it's really interesting. And I mentioned this in the episode that I didn't know how to write speeches. When I started writing speeches, I was really winging it when I started to go out and, you know, give workshops in the community and be a keynote speaker. A lot of it was trial and error. And I started to develop my own systems based on what was working and what wasn't. And after all of my, you know, I don't know, like starts and stops and starts, I came up with my own method. And after talking with Maridu, I was like, wow, we pretty much came up with the same thing. <laughs> we didn't know each other, but I think what we're, what I realized was that there's a really good way to do this. And I'm not the only one talking about it. <laughs> so hopefully you've probably heard me talk about the stage system before. And I've talked a little bit about the three circle method and putting your speech together in a way that is simple and not overstuffing your burrito. And she talks about this a lot in today's episode. So before we get into it, I'll tell you a little bit more about my guest, Mridu Parikh. She is a productivity speaker and coach who helps high achieving women skyrocket their time and energy while squashing overwhelm. She excites, educates, and entertains audiences all over the country on simple strategies to stop feeling scattered, overcome procrastination and crush goals. She's a formal serial procrastinator and the best-selling author of accomplish it seven simple actions to get the right thing done and achieve your goals. She's a mom of two and a wife of one, and she loves all things chocolate and red wine. You can get and free resource 21 killer hacks to stop feeling overwhelmed. The link is in the show notes. So this was a fun episode. We covered a lot and I think it's another great episode to grab a notebook because she gives you a really simple process that might help you a lot when you're putting your speeches together. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ridhu Parikh. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. I'm excited to talk about the subject of building a speech framework. Um, I, I have a speech framework that I like to use, and I know that it doesn't work for everyone, so I'm excited to hear what you use and how you do it and how others can use it. But before we get into that, I would love for you to share how you got into this type of work.
1: Sure. Well, I was in corporate for many years, for about half my career, and during that time, I lived in New York, in New York City, and uh, I was kind of doing just the rat race there. Like I had a a one-year-old son, but I was working 12-hour days, felt like I was being brought up by the nanny, never got to see him, and uh, I finally got the opportunity to make a big shift in my work and my lifestyle when we moved, my husband and I moved from New York to Nashville. Back in the days when it wasn't like the cool city, but we made this big move and allowed me to be at home, be at home with him, and I had my second child. But I soon realized I didn't love just you know staying at home. I love being a mom, but I wanted to get back to work, and that's sort of when I started my entrepreneurial journey. The second half of my career, taking what I learned in corporate, but really you know, crafting it in a way that worked for me and my lifestyle. And I started off as a professional organizer but a few years ago moved into the productivity and time management space as I was working with more and more women and recognizing how tight time is and how many distractions and demands we're all dealing with and with family and career. And I was just pulled this way kind of personally and professionally. And so now I speak on the topic all over the country. I've I have a book, I have a podcast. I just love sharing this information that can help women who are feeling overwhelmed by all the things, really help them feel in control and like they are in the driver's seat of their life.
0: Well, you are speaking my language as a mom and a business owner. It's crazy every day. <laughs> That's so, okay,
1: right. And These current circumstances don't make it any easier. Let me tell
0: you. No. So the more frameworks and the more organized we can be, the more calm I know. At least for me, I feel when I have a structure and I have a plan in place where I kind of have some idea of what's going to happen. So I'm excited for this this topic because this is a place where we a lot of people feel fears like oh, I have to give a presentation. Now, how do I do it? What do I say? What do I put in? What do I leave out? And it's just a stressful situation all around. And I'm, I'm wondering, what's interesting as I was learning about you is that you call yourself a former serial procrastinator. And I think it's interesting given what you do now. So I'm wondering why that is and what motivated you to change that.
1: Yeah, so I will preface by saying it's not that I never procrastinate anymore. Of course, I think we all do it in in different things. There's something that we're fearful of, or it feels really boring, or we we just don't want to do it. So it happens for sure. But I will say I've improved dramatically from where I was, I think, before I really started studying this and just making it a part of my lifestyle. I would just put things off unnecessarily all the time, all the time every day. And I think some by getting into the habit of a few habits. So one is really breaking down tasks, which I have a feeling we're going to get further into in this interview. Really breaking things down has helped me move forward and take action. And it also has decreased that overwhelming feeling that we all know so well that feels so heavy. It's really helped me do that. And by working on those habits and then really thinking through some of the things you mentioned, like planning it out and estimating my time, and just seeing how I can make things easier and simplifying and streamlining, all of those kind of compounded into making me less of a procrastinator. Like I just take action more frequently with less, um, it's just less of a challenge. Again, not that it never happens, but it's really helped me move the needle on my personal goals, professional goals. And that could be anything from literally like, oh, I need to deal with this little pile of paper on my desk to I want to write, you know, my next big speech. So it's, it, you know, it's moving forward on the smallest things to the biggest things.
0: Why do you think it is people procrastinate so much when it comes to doing difficult things like putting together or practicing a speech?
1: I think the number one word is just overwhelm. <laughs> it feels so big. It feels so heavy, and it feels like the consequences of you know are so great. Like it's it's such a big. The, the end result is going to make or break you. Often, I think that's what it feels like with the speech. Like, oh my gosh, I got to get out there and I'm going to be in front of all these people, and this you know this might be the thing that like projects me forward, projects me forward, or it might hold me totally back. So it feels so heavy and overwhelming. Um, and I think so many times we're focusing on what if things go wrong or what if this is, you know, what will this lead to instead of really just being present to what you need to get done, we're so focused on the future of what it could mean for you.
0: Yes, that sounds very accurate. <laughs> so let's talk about frameworks in the context of speech craft. When it comes to putting a speech together, actually like crafting the content, what are three things we could do to streamline that process? Okay. So in the terms
1: of, you know, really creating that framework, uh, I think if you can come up with a framework for the points you want to make in your speech, that's really, really going to help you. So I'll give you an example. It's not necessarily three, but kind of what I do in, an, in my own framework. So I think this, like this example might really help demonstrate or illustrate what I'm what I'm talking about. So in my keynote speech, I have three points, kind of three strategies that I want to cover. And I love threes. I think you do too. Like threes are just typically very easy to remember. People can walk away. It doesn't feel too overwhelming. It, it's just like it's a good number. So within my three strategies, I'll have about five points within each one so that it just becomes a repetitive. Part of my framework. So not only does it make it easier for me to remember what I'm to talk about next, but it makes it more memorable and easy to digest for the audience. So in mine, for example, in each of my strategies, I tell a quick story, I, then that leads me to the challenge. Then it leads me to my tip. So here's my actual strategy. Here's how you overcome that strategy. The fourth thing I do is give the result of the story. So I tie it back. So it's like, okay, you know, the number one was the story or the problem. The number two, it leads to that challenge. Number three is a tip. And then number four is, okay, now that if they use that tip, here's the result they received. And then number five is just a really quick, maybe one liner of a positive affirmation, kind of like, this is why you can do it too. Or this is why this is so simple. Like, or do you see how this can be so powerful for you? So that's an example. And they'll do that same exact framework, those five steps for my strategy number two and then strategy number three. How long of a speech is is this? It might be 40. I mean, and, you know, I can do it in 20 minutes. I can do it in one hour. It just, you just, you can, you know, a story can be three sentences or can be five minutes long, right? I mean- It, it just, you can, once you have that framework, another beauty of it is that you can shorten it or lengthen it as long as
0: you need to fill that amount of time. Gotcha. Can you give an example of going through that process for one tip that you might give in a talk? Sure. So actually, you know, from my, from my keynote, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay,
1: so um, and we'll get to this too. But I, I use this the framework of those three strategies. It's called ACT. Act, and we can talk about that in a minute. Why I think that that's also really important to kind of have an acronym or something that your audience can walk away with. Again, that's really memorable. But my my three strategies: ACT. The A is to avoid distractions. So I may start with a story that talks about, I'd say, I was talking about a Nancy, my client, who was working a full-time job and then went from a full-time job to a part-time job from 40 hours a week to 30 hours a week. And she took Fridays off to be with her family. She loved her job, but she found that over a few weeks, she started working Friday mornings and then it became Friday afternoons and then it became Friday, uh, you know, the whole day Friday. And she was like, wait, this is not what I signed up for. I am just, you know, I'm working all the time. Can you help me? So that becomes like the story, right? We're like getting people like, wait, but what happened? How did she, you know, figure that out? Then two, the challenge I say, is she was so distracted all day long, she couldn't keep her focus. So she was wasting 40% of her time in her productivity. Boom, that's like one or two sentences, right? The tip I might say is, well, here are three ways or one way that she could really keep her focus. And so I might say, maybe she used uh, time blocking, or maybe she put on her do not disturb, or maybe she used a Pomodoro or whatever, you know, give a tip. And then as a result, she was able to, when she started implementing this strategy, she closed her laptop on Thursday evening at 6 a.m., sorry, 6 p.m., and didn't open it again until Monday morning. So you can see how powerful this is. And I know this is something that you can start doing immediately after this talk. And that's it. And so you see how that was all five of them. It was the story, the challenge, the tip, the result of the story. And they're like, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And that maybe I did that in three minutes. I'm not sure. Yeah, about it. I didn't time myself, but I could, I could extend that out and really expand that story and give more tips or, you know, just get further on it and make that 15 minutes if I wanted to. So let's say it was a 45 minute speech and I want to spend 15 minutes on, you know, each strategy, uh, or I could do it in like we just did in three or four
0: minutes. Mm-hmm. So it, do you ever do exercises or any kind of engagement with the audience to help them learn what you're teaching them as you're giving the speech? Absolutely. And again, that is so dependent on the time frame. If
1: I have a 20 minutes to do it, I probably won't have time. But yeah, if I have 45 to 60 minutes, yeah, I absolutely love that. I think I know you agree with that. It's just it's so engaging. And it just supports and reinforces your tip or your strategy even more. So if you can get them involved. Um, and so an example of that, I actually do for this particular one, a really fun exercise where I pair everybody up in the audience. They have to take out their phone. They put on a timer. And I ask them to do a really simple exercise with their alphabets and numbers, kind of in a writing them out and then doing it in a distracted way, in a not distracted way. And we look at the time difference. And I prove that you truly do lose 40% of your productivity when you're distracted versus not distracted. And it completely reinforces exactly the tip and the challenge, you know, that I laid out for that particular one. So yeah, it's a great way to not only keep them engaged, but really reinforce what you're talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Do you have a worksheet or anything you use when you're putting your, um, your speeches together? So
1: for me, in, for myself, a worksheet, or do you mean for the audience? Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I do have a worksheet for the audience that is very simple. I think simplicity is key, as we all know as speakers. So it literally, it's like, here are my the three tips, you know, and, and I don't actually, so my worksheets, or you fill in the blanks. And I think again, that really adds to engagement. It's not, it's not a cheat sheet that you have everything I'm saying, it's a fill in the blank. So what was strategy one? What was strategy two? What's your key takeaway from each one? It's, it's very simple, but people are filling it out as we go through. And then for myself, I wouldn't say it's a worksheet. I'm pretty much following this outline of that framework that I just went through before, you know, the, the five different ways that I'm going through each strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep another document that has some stories. So again, it depends if I have time to do stories or not, you know, I I could add those in or not add those in. So for me, I'd say it's, it's more, I've a few different outlines that I can take pieces in and out of.
0: I love that what you just said about having a document of stories because it's almost like a little archive that you can turn to and like swap in and out of instead of always trying to come up with something new, depending on who's in your audience and how much time you have. That's another great time-saving tip.
1: Yeah, that's so helpful because I'm sure like you and your audience were speaking to a lot of different people. Sometimes I'm speaking to moms, sometimes it's business owners, sometimes they can be in a corporate world. And those are three very different stories for three very different audiences. So yeah, yeah. it's a huge time saver.
0: Yeah, great idea. I'm wondering what kind of mistakes you see people make when they're trying to create a framework for themselves.
1: They're typically just too complicated. Like I think this, it can be so streamlined and so simple, not only for you, but it has to be for your audience. So if you're just spending too much time if it's getting if you're racking your brain if it's like eight different steps if it's you know eight steps and then three strategies per step and all these it's just too much. So I think again I know my personal preference is three or less. Sometimes five will work fine too. I don't think there's there's a magic number, but I think when you get above maybe five tips or strategies or letters in your acronym or something in your framework it's just too much to digest. So I think that's the number one mistake is that we have, we, you know, as experts, people who are speakers or experts, we have so much information and we we're so generous and we want to get it all out that sometimes it can be just too overwhelming.
0: Absolutely. One of the questions I get all the time, and I would love to hear your answer on this is, how do you help people with notes? Now they've got their framework written, they have all their content put together and they want to deliver it. How do you recommend that they use notes to do that?
1: Uh, and do you mean notes if, um, and I'm asking because we're in this this crazy time right now. So essentially everything's on, a lot of speaking is online. Um, so do you mean notes, like actually, like in a PowerPoint, or if you were to have notes coming, like, up with you if you were doing a live speech.
0: Yeah, notes that you would just have in front of you it, for either. I mean, definitely not on the screen that you might just have on note cards or just on a notebook in front of you.
1: Yeah, I would, and it's funny because I don't use many notes, but I have definitely come up with let's like, say an index card and I would put that if there was a podium. I personally don't like to have them in my hands. I don't want people to see them. I think it's better to for you to even walk over to a podium, let's see and and it's fine if they know you're referring to them, but I find it really distracting and it looks less professional, I believe, if you hold them in your hands. So I might have a note card or two, let's say, again, on the podium or on a desk. And to me, that's bulleted. So it's like bulleted. And I might say, very similar to how I describe that framework, I might just say story. And I just put up, you know, usually, I and mean, you know the story in your head. So you just have to put a couple words, like it could be a... Uh, you know uh, the t- you know the toilet story <laughs> or or the uh, you know, the work life story or you, know, you just have to put a couple words you'll know it maybe the challenge the tip is avoid distractions results, and then that you know so I might just put just like those keywords in an outline format so if I'm forgetting where I am which of course happens or you just sort of lost track you can quickly glance over and look at that. You may have one note card for, let's say, each strategy, just to make it easier for you to visualize. Um, Or you might highlight, like, here's everything for strategy one. Here's everything in a different color for strategy two. Again, just because we all know when we're up on stage, and you know, and you're looking over your notes, it can get flustered. You can get a little flustered. So I think the more you can visually kind of like I said, highlight it, do it different colors, do it in a separate little index card, the easier it's going to be for you to like your eyes to go to the right one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to your acronym you use, ACT, A-C-T, yeah. mm-hmm. and why you chose those letters and what each of them means. Because I think it's... It, it wasn't totally obvious, right? It wasn't like those letters jumped out at you. You tried to intentionally pick a word that was memorable and actionable. And tell us how that process works for anyone who wants to do this.
1: Sure. Well, so just to back up a bit, I just, I want to say that I believe frameworks are one of the best and easiest ways to benefit both you as a speaker and to benefit your audience. So as a speaker, makes it much easier for you to organize your thoughts. As I was talking about kind of like in that outline or in that framework, it's much easier to craft because now when you have a million different thoughts, you're like, okay, I'm going to follow this framework. And so you can really hone your thoughts together and it creates something you're known for. So I will bump into someone or, you know, Communicate with somebody online. Maybe a year and a half or two years after they see me speak, and they'll be like, "Oh, you're the act woman, right?" Like, "Oh, I remember the act thing." Like, they will remember you for that. Um, whereas when you give a talk, I mean, they might kind of remember something about it, or or they might not. But like, they have, there's not an association they can like really just like you know put their finger on. And it also can pave the way for future frameworks and talks. So it can. Um, you know, it's something you can refer back to, or you can expand on. So, if you have maybe three in your current framework for speaking, you might have seven in your book, or something like that. So, it's really great. And in terms of the audience, like I said, it makes it very memorable, and it makes it very actionable for them. So, I just wanted to start there because, I mean, if anyone, if anything, your audience is taking away from this our conversation is that that this is just makes it so much easier for you and for them. And you're totally right, Angela. I did not come up, like, act did not jump out at me at all. In fact, the keynote that I gave, just with the act, um, I used to give the same talk, but I called it something different. And I can't remember exactly what, but it probably was something like three steps to, you know, avoid distractions and take complete control of your day or something like that, right? Or three steps to get totally focused and take control, And those three steps are exactly what I use in the ACT, but it didn't spell out ACT at all. And I'll tell you what the three steps are. One is about, you know, just getting rid of your distractions, eliminating them. The second one is prioritizing, like prioritizing everything on your to-do list. And the third one is about blocking your time. So I knew that those were my three, but if I tried to create an acronym out of that, it wasn't making any sense. Like, you know, distractions was a D and priorities was a P and Time blocking was a T, and I was like DPT. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make anything that, you know, it's memorable. And so I had to just sit and be creative about it and just think, like, okay, those are my three strategies that I want to talk about. How can I create an acronym that would be, one, it's really positive, and it's easy to remember. And so I just played around with it, and I was like, gosh, you know, what can I do with distractions? Okay, distractions, or I could eliminate distractions and i finally came up with avoid distractions because that would be the a and then with priorities i couldn't think of anything and um, and i think you know i came up to commit to your priorities there's a c and with blocking your time i did time blocking just basically to come up with something that was really like i said positive and i and i i want to make sure that that comes across because we don't necessarily want to come up with something that is like, like, what if your acronym was B-A-D? It was bad. <laughs> like, you probably don't want to come up with that, right? So I was like, what is something that's maybe inspiring or motivating? So I, I always start off by saying, hey, listen, if you want different results, we have to act differently. And that's how I kind of get into it. Um, so it does take some level of creativity. But once you have let's say, your three strategies or your five strategies or your five tips you want them to walk away with, then sit around and say, hey, what would be maybe something that's positive? Like, maybe it spells create, or maybe it spells, um, fun, or maybe it spells like, um, wow, you know, or something like that. And then you can play around and you can always find ways to add a verb or an adjective to that strategy to make it work in that acronym.
0: Yeah. I think this is where the thesaurus comes in too. Yes, being able to get creative with the words you're using to describe what you're doing, but I love the concept. And it's really funny talking to you because I spent so many years trying to figure out how to create my own framework without really knowing other professional speakers and just like making a million mistakes basically and then just continually tweaking my process. And just a few years ago, I built a five-step system called the Stage System and it's an acronym for style, truth, art, group, and energy. And it's the five parts of my keynote speech. And it's really funny listening to the way that you have built Act because it's like oh wow we've been through the same exact process but I've like I didn't know you and I, <laughs> I didn't know your system and it kind of makes me feel like we're kindred spirits and I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. And then how
1: easy does it make it for you to explain that now to someone? Like if someone's like, tell me about your what your you know, your speech is about, let's say you're selling it, you know, to a company and you're like, well, I have these five steps stage and, you know, you can take them through really quickly. And, you know, and it just makes it so easy. I, yeah. I have found just to describe or explain what you're doing. Um, yeah, I think it's I totally
0: agree. We are kindred spirits on this. Yeah. And I think it, you bring up a really good point that it not only helps the people you're trying to talk to about it, but it helps you to access the information in your brain. Because like you said, like if you're a speaker on a subject, if you're a subject matter expert and you have tons of information on the topic in your brain at all times, when someone says, what do you talk about? It can feel overwhelming to figure out how to answer that question. But if you've already built a framework and you can boil it down to these three or four or five things the conversation is so much easier to have and you're like you're not using so much energy trying to figure out how to talk about something in a succinct way. So I love that we're kind of on that same path together and that you're sharing this in um a really easily accessible kind of process for anyone who's trying to figure out how to do this in a I you don't know an easier and less overwhelming way.
1: Can I share something else that that I
0: recently did that
1: was super, I I hope everyone finds a lot of value it was really helpful. Yeah. I wrote a book or I published my book last year and it is called Accomplish It, Seven Simple Actions to Get Everything You Want or or to Achieve Your Goals, actually. So Seven Simple Actions, A-C-T-I-O-N-S. So my book expands on the A-C-T, but it continues with the I-O-N-S. So now when I speak, this is, it's been hugely, hugely successful. When I speak and I'm allowed to public, you know, talk about promote my book or from selling it at the end, if they allow me to have a table, I can end and say, Hey, listen, if you enjoyed this, if you really enjoyed learning about ACT, grab my book. If you want to learn the other four simple steps to totally take control of your day, and I feel like that extension, you know, it's like going from the keynote or from the speech and extending it into the book has been like a game changer.
0: How exciting, how excited were you on the day that you figured that out?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it really, it was amazing. And I will say, and then I have a podcast and the, the the recommendation I got from a friend was to continue that into the podcast. So kind of say, well, this podcast episode is about the A or this is about the C. I did not end up doing it that way. Um, But I, I have other colleagues who have, and again, it's just another way that It's made their podcasting. It's basically putting it into a framework and it's extending from their speech. So it's such a cohesive message for your audience. And um, it's just something to think about. So I thought I would just leave you with a couple of those because I, I think that can, it can be really helpful because it's not just for your speech. It can, you know, lend itself in so many other ways.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us the name of your podcast so we can find it?
1: Oh, sure. It's called Productivity on Purpose. I love
0: it. Is it pop for short? (laughs) No, that's right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Any last words of advice that might be helpful for speakers who are interested in shifting their mindset around building frameworks or this whole process of kind of getting getting their content into a more organized fashion and uh, marketing it and talking about it?
1: In terms of a mindset mindset shift, I would say that sometimes this can feel like, oh my gosh, she's asking me to do more work. Like this is another step I have to do. I'm already have so much to do. I got to add this. And I would say I would say really shift your mindset. Say this is not adding work. This is making things easier for you. For all the reasons we just talked about, if you really, you know, um, embrace that, it is—it's just simplifying everything for you. Your marketing, your sales conversations, you know, your messaging to your audience. So that—that's what I'd say would be the shift. This is not adding more; it's really taking away the stress and overwhelm and making it simpler.
0: Perfect. Where can we get your book?
1: Um, the best place is probably over on my site. It's life is organized. So lifeisorganized.com forward slash book. You could go there. Um, and or on Amazon and it's called accomplish it.
0: Okay. And you have a free resource, 21 killer hacks to stop feeling overwhelmed. Where can we find that?
1: Um, you can come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash hacks, H A C K S or lifeisorganized.com forward slash resources. And there's uh, several really great resources there in terms of not procrastinating and getting focused and uh, the overwhelmed one. So take your pick.
0: Excellent. Well, Meridu, thank you so much for coming on the show today and giving us the simplified version of putting all our content together in a way that's easy and actionable. I really appreciate it. And it was great getting to know you.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for connecting. And I hope this was really valuable for everyone listening.
0: All right. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, you can show me some love by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen so more people can find us. Claim the Stage is a production of Speaker Sisterhood, and it's recorded in the Glitter Closet in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Music is composed by Chris Collins. Until next time, stop waiting, start creating. Bye for now.